to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, Parables and Object Lessons, you'll learn how and why Jesus used the physical world to introduce the spiritual world to his disciples and how the laws of nature relate to the Bible. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan with Solutions for Freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. And welcome once again to Freedom to Choose. And uh, Parables and Object Lessons is the series that we're doing. This is program 28 for your reference. And... uh, you know, last time we did uh, we did some stuff on doing and saying and saying and doing, and uh, I just wanted to talk briefly about. We talk a lot on this program about God's character and 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 about your our picture of God and why that is important. And be ye not conformed, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, and let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. And eternal life is to know God and to know Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Mm -hmm. It is very important that we know the God we're worshiping and that we we see his character in Jesus because by by beholding, we become changed. Right, and and an easy principle for that is you go and you see any young child coming out of a kung fu movie and what happens. What are they doing? After they've beheld that vision of the kung fu, they're coming out and they're kung fuing. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's the same thing. It may be a little bit more complex in human being, you know, as you grow older, but it's very much the same is we become you like know, that, which we worship and admire. Absolute, We're going to become like that. Absolutely. It's just like when we when we talk to parents or to people, loved ones who are involved with an addict and they say, well, if they didn't have these friends, these friends are causing them. No, we choose to be around we, who we want to be. We gravitate with. to that which we like right and so you know that that happens to be in everyday life as well it doesn't have to be um addiction and things like that it's like who are we who who do we choose to be spend our time with do we choose to be around you know negative people who um complain about everything i guess i can be that way sometimes but so my husband has to hang around me um but or are we or do we choose to see the other side of the glasses you know, half full and mm-hmm. we're thankful for the blessings and we're looking for the brighter side of life or are we, you know, negative about people and towards people. So it, it's just, we're, we're, just, we're changed by beholding. We are attracted to the things that we, and we become those things that be, we're attracted yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why I think this character that, thing that we're talking about is so important because I mean, if you've got a forceful God, you're going to be a forceful person. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just what's going to happen. Well, and we've put out there many times is that, um, you know, God, who are you, what are we afraid of most? Are we afraid of sin that will kill us? Or are we afraid of God because we think he's going to kill us? Yeah. 
And the rea- and the reality is, is that sin pays its wage. God allows us to have that freedom to choose. He honors our choice to destroy ourselves. Absolutely. But he offers the gift of free life. Yep. Right. To come yep. if we will just, you know, yeah, his Follow offer him. is life. The wages right. of sin is death, right. but the gift of God is it, life. Exactly. You know, that, I mean, that's just the two contrasts. So is that how we see God, or do we picture him as somebody who's out to, to out nail to get us? us. And, yeah, at least he's got a clipboard, us. and he's waiting to nail us, you know. Uh, and I think that there's a lot of people in this world who have um, maybe been um, God, that the God, that, that nature that he's going to get you and that you're in trouble it has been presented to them, and it's it's an unfair representation of who God is, and that's why Jesus came two thousand years ago to to live clear it up right and to live the life to show us what the Father was like. Yeah, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He came to clear all that up. Right. Some of God's disciplinary action, in especially in the Old Testament, is has been misunderstood. Right. You know, He's trying to keep a planet alive mm-hmm. so that He can bring a Messiah. Absolutely. But the planet is in so much rebellion that he has to put some children in time out. He's got a lot going on. It's, and I think it, we, we kind of get to that in, in, in this new parable that we're talking about, the vineyard. So you yeah. want me to go ahead and start? Yeah, but would you open with a word of prayer, oh, please? Yes. First? Thank you. Uh, loving Father in heaven, we thank you. Please help us to um, be impressed by your thoughts and your ideas regarding um, the subject we're going to be talking about, and we thank you for all that you do in our lives and for sending your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Uh-huh. So this is this is talking about the Jewish nation. The parable of the two sons was followed by the parable of the vineyard. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and lent it out to husbandmen and went into a far country. Now... Isaiah spoke about this vineyard. In fact, uh, I'd like to read from Isaiah 5. Um, He says, Now I will sing to my well-beloved a song of my well-beloved touching his vineyard. My beloved hath a vineyard and a very fruitful hill, and he fenced it, and he gathered out the stones, and he planted it with the choicest vine and built a tower in the midst of it. And also made a wine press therein, and he looked that it should bring forth grapes, Isaiah 5, 1 and 2. Okay, so the husbandman chooses a piece of land from the wilderness. He fences it, he clears it, and he tills it. Then he plants it with choice vines, expecting a rich harvest. So God has chosen a people from the world to be trained and to be educated by Jesus in the life of Jesus. There you go. So have you ever planted a garden, Susan? Yes. And did you, um, well, what did you expect to get from it? Fruits and vegetables. Okay. Did you fence it? Yes. Why? Because if we don't, the deer and the squirrel come in and ruin it. Yeah. They come and steal all the fruit and the food that's been grown. Right. So do you see that Jesus is actually, he's using a physical application of what Isaiah talked about way back when mm-hmm. about that Israel there's this uh this garden and that's the vineyard and that's Israel and he fenced it and he and took he care killed of them, it and he took and he care of it them and yeah and so you have this planted just, them in good ground and, and watered them 
And now we now we've just brought it down to Susan taking care of her garden. Can you see how God was taking care of His garden of His special of his people. special people, yes. just like you took care of your garden at the house? There, you put a fence. You're expecting some fruit. It's a big deal, you know. Right. And and you, in anticipation, see the prophet says, "The vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah His pleasant plant." Isaiah five seven five seven. Now God had given great privileges on his people, blessing them with his goodness. He looked for them to honor him just by by yielding fruit, just like you would be waiting to get fruit from your garden. Mm-hmm. They were to reveal the principles of his kingdom. You know, in this fallen world, this wicked world, they were to re- represent that character of God that we're talking about. Right. And as the Lord's vineyard, we are to produce fruit different from that of those who don't live according to God's principles. So what are those principles? Okay, think about it. Jesus says you reap what you sow. Is that a principle? Yes. Right? What about the truth? If you live according to the truth, is that a principle? Mm-hmm. What about if you live selfishly? Is there a, what do I want to say, a law of escalation? One person is selfish, they attack another person. That person being selfish attacks that other person back, but escalates it a little bit. So, you know, usually it starts out with somebody says something bad about somebody, somebody says something bad to them next thing you know they do something and it worse and worse and there's this law of escalation you kind of see that right now we see a lot of it in the news mm-hmm. these arguments are escalating right. things are escalating um i think of those two little animals those two cute little animals we got at home what are, who are they elvis and oliver yeah we got two pot pigs right right and what happens when you feed them within 10 feet of one another or further apart well yeah we try to feed them far apart because actually they get along but then they don't as soon comes feeding time right they don't get along too well because once one of them eats his pile up what do they do he wants the other ones he wants the other ones pile right and and they're willing to go to the to the lengths of fighting each other just to be able to be selfish so they each get fed the same amount of food right one eats his food faster than the other one so once he's done he wants to go and take the food from the one that's still eating right and And it's comical to watch but as people that's what we do right you know and the sad part about it is we forfeit god's protection when he honors our choices to live like pigs right you know i mean we've and that's the lesson he's trying to teach israel back in the day was you live according to my principles, and you'll you'll be strong nation. People will be drawn to you. But if you don't live according to my principles, I'll honor your choice to destroy yourselves. Right. And that's that's what happened. This roller coaster ride, and then he would of course send messengers, and they would reject him, and we see the whole thing happening. Uh, but this this escalation of bad behavior, you know, because the idolatrous people of that time. They had given themselves up to the enemy. You know, the devil doesn't just take what he wants. We have to give ourselves over to him, Mm -hmm. you know. Violence, crime, greed, oppression, and the most corrupt practices uh, were were indulged back then without restraint. And deprivation and misery are the fruits of that corrupt tree. You know, God's vineyard was to produce a different fruit. It was was contrary to those fruits. Right. It was the privilege of the Jewish nation to represent the character of God as it had been revealed to Moses. In an answer to prayer of Moses, he said to God, show me thy glory. 
the Lord promised, I will make all my goodness pass before me, thee. That's Exodus 33. And it and the Bible goes on to say, And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. You, you know, that I think... I think that's that a, is Exodus such an okay, yeah, and I think that's such an interesting picture because Moses is saying, "God, what makes you tick? Mm-hmm. Show me, show mm-hmm. me your glory, show me what's." And and God says, "Okay," and he and he passes before him, and he gets to see all this stuff. This basically, in a nutshell, this package of love. And once he sees it, it's like it actually changes Moses. It changes Moses. His face is glowing. He's right. got to veil his face to come down and see see the people, right? And so that was the fruit. I know. Remember when we first went to church? Mm-hmm. We said, these people's faces, they glow. Right. Right? Right. We'd come out of darkness. And so when you come out of darkness, you see things that a lot of people take for granted or don't. But there were there were people that actually had a glow to him. And when Moses came down that hill, he had been with God, and God said, "I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna hide you in the cleft of the rock, right. but I'll let my goodness." Because He says, "Show me your glory," and God said, "I'll let my goodness pass before you." And all these wonderful character traits mm-hmm. go passing by. And when Moses comes out of there and goes down the hill, he's glowing, right? And it's amazing. Yes. See, that's the fruit that God desired from His people. You know, in in their curative character, if you will, in their sanctity sanctity of their lives, if you will, in their mercy and loving kindness and compassion, they were to show that the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. They were to show that this is the way of life, that are the principles on which heaven is built, and when you live according to these principles— all is well, and right. you have peace with God. You don't have peace with the enemy, mm-hmm. but you have peace with God, and that's He just wanted them to live in peace, you know. Right, and he and he took care of them in the wilderness. He, he did. He enshrouded them in a pillar of cloud by the day to keep the heat off of them, and a pillar of fire by night to keep them warm. He led and he guided them. He preserved them from the dangers of the wilderness. He brought them into the land of promise, and in the sight of all the nations that didn't acknowledge God, he established Israel as his own chosen possession. It was the Lord's vineyard. Yeah, you know, and I, I just, my mind is racing right now with um, this wilderness um, experience. If you have you ever been, ever been in the wilderness? I lived most of my life in the wilderness. You know, um, you ever crossed the Red Sea? Mm, yeah. You ever have a Red Sea experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, we've all been there. We've all, and God's preserved us from the dangers of that wilderness, hasn't he? Right. Um, Now, the oracles of God were committed to these people. They were hedged about by by his law. And what I mean by that is, is the principles of truth. Mm Mm-hmm. Obedience to these principles was to be their protection. In other words... If I'm living a lie, I have no protection against the enemy. Mm-hmm. But if I'm living along the principles of truth, I have peace with God and protection against the enemy because... There's my, nothing found in your conscience yeah, to hurt you. Remember that Jesus says the devils came, but he has nothing in me. Right. Right? Right. But when we live according to other principles, and this is all God wants us to do. God wants us to be able to recognize 
right from wrong mm-hmm. and choose right and live according to those principles. But we can lose that ability mm-hmm. by damaging ourselves. That's why sin is a very dangerous business. Right. We can lose the ability to recognize between right and wrong, right? So God wanted to, he didn't want them to destroy themselves by those sinful practice practices. And so that being said, he also gave the object lesson of the tower being in the vineyard. God placed his holy temple in the middle of Israel right. in their wanderings, and that was represented by that tower. Right. And, you know, we all, you know, that's where, and we're all have that, the purpose of that temple was to show the character of God. You know, we're all the temple of, of the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Yeah. To have those fruits of the Spirit. And I think we're going to talk about that soon. But the fence, the fence is the, it's it's similar to the law that is, is a law for protection. We harm ourselves and others when we go against the principles of God's government. We go against his law. You know, I I often think we've, we've used this... Um, analogy if you will several times which you know you have a you have a baby you have them in a playpen and mm-hmm. you have the walls of that playpen all the way up and you begin to lower those walls and give them more and more freedom next thing you know they can crawl around the house next thing you know they can get out in the yard but they're still fenced in by a fence and then mm-hmm. the next thing you know the you know they can go out as long as they don't go out in the street but all these restrictions are protection and god's god's law is like that the the law of you know hey i mean what what would it be like if you sat your family down in the morning and you're at the kitchen table and you have to tell, you know, you have to tell your oldest son not to kill anybody today mm-hmm. and that you have to tell your wife not to commit adultery today. These these laws are, are there for our protection. They're, they're principles to on the way reality works, and we can't change that. And that's all God was doing when he gave Israel all those laws. They were just household rules for, of, of behavior. Well, and I think it was to help them to mature into trustworthy people. Yeah, right? and they, so they could have a happy home. Right. You and, know? and so Israel's obedience to the law of God was supposed to make them marvels of prosperity before the nations of the world, similar to what, what Christ did, the example he gave. And so Moses said, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do so in the land where you go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all of these statutes and say, surely this is a great nation and it is wise and it has an understanding people. That's Deuteronomy four. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a hurry, a 25 mile an hour speed limit at a school zone, is a restriction, mm-hmm. right? Right. But it's still there for everybody's protection. As long as you're not in a hurry and you obey that sign, it's there for protection. Sure, it's a law. And those laws that God gave them were there for their own protection. Now, if you're selfish, those laws become a, a hindrance. Right. They're in your way. They're against you. Right. But if they're you're against your nature, against your nature, mm-hmm. but they're not against the way reality works. Right. So God is trying to say, I have all these laws and everything to help your nature change from a selfish one into a godly one, like like I Jesus demonstrated into His life, so that you grow up into maturity, so that every day you can continue to make good choices as you go along through your life. Yeah, to I, the point where. 
hopefully we mature into trustworthy people that um, that won't harm other people and we won't harm ourselves. That's a good point. You know, and, and we, we talked about it in a previous program, but your nephew uh, was swimming. And, w- you know, we were teaching him how to swim in our pool, right? Right. And so... And he, that was really important because I didn't want him to be hurt because the conditions... If you're if you're unable to swim, that those can harm harm those can cause deadly consequences if okay. you're not in t- in practice with what you need to know. Okay, so my point is, what's the first thing he learns when he's swimming? That he can't breathe underwater. Okay, and so that's so important because. It, he knows, you see, when we teach somebody, it's there for him, it's his own, it's for his protection. Correct. Right? Right. And so just like in swimming, you obey that law. It's not against you. Unless you want to breathe underwater, you're going to die. Right. Right? And so... So God's uh, laws aren't against us. They're not against they're, us. They're, they're against our nature. Right. Right? Which can feel like it's against us because we always want to go with our sinful nature and not a godly nature. Right. And so once once you have somebody that you're teaching how to swim, that they, they learn that they don't, uh, that they can't breathe underwater, and if they obey that... They're going to be successful swimmers. Right. And if, they're going to live another day they, to, to swim, swim another day. Absolutely. By obeying that law. So that law is there to protect them. Right. And see, this is we get crossed up with God's law and we think it's something bad. It's there to protect us. Commit, committing adultery really messes with my marriage. It's not just It's not just a rule. Right. It's actually wrong. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, killing someone is actually wrong. It's not it, just a law. Right. It's, it's not just going against civil law or anything. It's, it, really, it's wrong really wrong to take the life of somebody. Yeah. And so we, we go down the line on God's commandments. And, and you know, going back to that, that's why Jesus brought it to trying to teach us, you know, like uh, Paul tells us about the fruit of the Spirit. So what fruit, you know, we're talking about gardens right. and everything. What is our garden? What is our vineyard? What kind of fruits do we produce? Do we produce the love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, compassion, and self-control? What what do we, what, you know, what do we produce in our natures? Right. And of course, the last one is self-control, mm-hmm. which is, which, I mean, if we look around at this planet right now, it seems like we're losing that self-control. Yeah, it's um, crazy out there. Yeah, we could we could use a couple more. Um, but see, God, God, just like raising a child, God is saying, "I want people, you know, this planet and this earth to get to the place where the rules are are so much in 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 your personhood." That there are no need for rules. That's where I wanted to go with the swimming. I, I forgot and I lost where I wanted to go. Once we taught Bentley that he wasn't to breathe underwater, by nature now, he yeah. does not breathe. You know what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. It's, it's second nature. Now you're a swimmer, right? Right. And so that's the, that's the whole thing. We want these laws and these to be a remember he said i'll write these laws on your not different laws right i'll write on your heart on your heart they're no longer on the wall see if you go, you got to look at the up at the wall and be reminded that's true but once we understand the principles and obey those laws and learn they become a part of us and that's when it's written on the heart you know not only 
Is it wrong to do them? You don't even want to do them. Right. Right? You don't even want to do wrong. And I think you can get to the level where you actually understand why God has those principles, because he is concerned about every single human being, every individual. Right. And when you practice those correct um, principles, then you're a part of his law of love. You're no longer against him. Right. Exactly, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, but when we're converted, like Paul says, then we let this mind be in you, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind, and all of these wonderful things start happening in in this conversion process, and there's this desire instilled upon us to do good, this desire to actually say, I I don't even, I don't want to... and to you know, and and to allow other people, you know, to help to be who you are, allow other people to be who they are, to have the freedom, but to be that good example in someone else's yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, and, and and not force and coerce, and say, okay, I am now this way. You must be that way also. That's right. Remember where we came from. We got to give people that room, that room to grow. To grow. Well, folks, we got to wrap it up again. Um, man, that was a quick one. Um, you can get a hold of us, www.justasiamministry.com. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg, past addicts, are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.